Welcome to Camp Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message by Pastor Sam Fine. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. Well, I hope that, I hope by the end of today, that some of you will be inspired to at least step up and realize that God can use anyone. God can use those that feel inept, weak, uh, don't feel like their prayers are really even being answered. You're a great candidate for God. You're an individual that God is really looking for. Because your weakness in God's power is really a match made in heaven. It is through your weakness that is that enables God's power to flow through you and you be used mightily by God and to see great and mighty things happen on this earth. You know, I'm very inspired when I read the powerful prayers of individuals in the Bible, like Moses, who got a word from God. It wasn't a really good word. He says, I'm getting ready to destroy all of Israel. And, and Moses was so gripped in his heart that he begins to intercede for all of Israel, begins to stand in the gap and begin to pray that God would relent and not release his wrath and destroy all the people that he has created. He stood in the gap, God heard his prayer, and he relented of of wiping out Israel, and there was a great uh, restoration and revival that took place in Israel. The prayer of Joshua, who was able to to pray and ask the Lord to to cause the sun to stand still so that he could... uh, fight the enemies all day long. So the the sun stood still in the sky all day long as God brought about the victory through Joshua. Samson who prayed, Lord, I pray that you would give me power one last time as he was chained to pillars. And God gave him the strength and the power to pull down these pillars and to have all of the Philistines who were partying up above on this upper deck come crashing down and 2,000 of them were destroyed and killed, which at that day, more were killed in that moment than all of Samson's life. And the list goes on and on and on of all the people in the Bible that God used mightily to pray through to usher in the power of his kingdom. But I feel like today, and through these days of prayer, that the Lord is giving us an invitation. He's giving us an invitation to step into something real extraordinary, which would release the limitless power of God in and through your life personally. It's allowing God to take the ordinary and change it into the extraordinary. It's allowing even what you might seem like as the mundane aspects of your life, and God is able to take take that and flow through it in a supernatural way where God's power is touching people's lives around you. But I believe that the, that the goal of intercession is to have answered prayer. And there's no greater joy than when you've taken time to pray through a situation, uh, something that has really gripped your heart, and God answers your prayer, 
and breaks through and there's a great victory. There's no greater joy in your heart. John 16, 24 says this, until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. He says, ask and you will receive. Why? That your joy may be made full. There's nothing more exciting than than to see when you're able to step out in the the measure of faith that you have and God answers that and affects the outcome of a situation because you were the one that stood in the gap and prayed for a situation. Time and time again, I am so excited to see God break through in situations when I pray. It just brings my heart great joy. I mean, you know, when we are... We are waiting on the Lord to pr- bring in all the provision for this church, and we're wondering, you know, if, if things are going to come through and, and missionaries are going to be able to be uh, taken care of, and God comes through in such enormous ways, it so blesses my heart to see His provision come into the house and to take care of His people. But Luke 22, verse 39, I want you to turn there with me. Luke 22, verse 39. Now, this is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it says in verse 39 that he came out and proceeded, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he arrived at the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down, and he began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him, and being in agony, he was praying fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping from sorrow and said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. You know, it's, it's uncanny how the temptations of the flesh pop up when you begin to pray. Isn't it amazing how your mind just begins to drift and go to places and you think about things and and you realize that you didn't do this and you got to get up and you got to you got to check your phone every time it beeps there are so many things that happen when God's people begin to pray why because the last thing the devil wants is for you to stand in the gap and intercede about a situation and release God's power on earth and it manifest and bring forth the victory in Christ Jesus. It's the last thing he wants. But it's through your prayers that God is able to intervene in so many situations. How many times does your mind drift? The other day, I, I sat down and I was saying, God, here I am I, use me. So I'm determined I'm going to begin to pray. And as I press into prayer, all of a sudden, out of the blue, 
my mind starts thinking, you know what? I, I need to read the news about those iguanas that are dying in Florida. And I thought to myself, so I get on my phone. And do we have a picture? See, there's these iguanas in Florida were affected by this cold snap. And they were found falling out of the trees and they would lay their dead on the ground, all these iguanas. And I'm thinking, this is a serious issue. So what is important at the moment? The iguanas in Florida. So then all of a sudden, I said, the poor iguanas. And then I start thinking, the bomb cyclone. So all of a sudden, I wonder, how is the bomb cyclone doing on the eastern coast? You know, coast? So I go on the weather channel. So I got to check the bomb cyclone and find out what's happening. 70 mile an hour winds and, it's, you know, it's bitter, bitter uh, cold. And so I, I'm checking out the bomb cyclone. And then I, I shift from there and I think, I wonder if anybody likes my pictures I just posted on Instagram. So I, I go to Instagram and I go, Ooh, I got 34 likes on that one. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, I wonder if anybody sent me any messages on Messenger and Facebook. So I'll go to Messenger and I'll check that real quick. Just real quick. So I checked that, checked that. And then I thought, mm, did I get any emails? I wonder if, you know, Marissa has, has sent in the weekly yet, the test that I got to check the weekly. Lo and behold, I look at my watch. 30 minutes has gone by. And I've wasted time checking out the iguanas in Florida the bomb cyclone, Instagram, Facebook, and my emails. And I'm thinking, and I'm an intercessor? I'm like, oh my goodness, who am I? And, but am I the only one that happens to? Okay, make me feel better, okay? All right, I'm sure there's some people in there, no, that doesn't affect me, you know. But, so... The temptations of the flesh arise when you pray. And Jesus said, pray, why? That you don't enter into temptation. The last scripture we read, Jesus said something real important in that that portion of scripture in regard to prayer. And he said this, Father, if you are willing to remove this cup from me, Yet not my will be done, but your will be done. Jesus had a will just, you, just like you and I. He had a will. And he chose to subject his will and allow his will to die that the Father's will might be done in and through his life. He was willing to be the perfect sacrifice to die for our sins that the world might be saved through him. So the struggle for you and I, when we begin to pray, is whose will is in charge? Is it your will? Or is it God's will? It all boils down to your will. I have so enjoyed reading this uh, book by Reese Howell, Reese Howell's Intercessor. Anybody ever read that book? It has so gripped my heart. I want to encourage everyone to read that book. It is a classic, and he's one of God's great intercessors who came out of the Welsh revival 
God used that man mightily to change world events. God used that man to stop wars, to break forth revivals, to see many people one to the Lord. And in that book, he talks about how the Lord began to deal with his will. And the Lord asked him um, to one day to let go of his drive to want to make money. He just had a drive to really make a lot of money. He was in, he was in Wales, and at one, at one time he went to America, and he made a lot of money. And so he had this inner drive. He just wanted to make a lot of money. And the Lord said one day, I want to be your manager. And I want you to quit your job. You're going to be my minister. And you're going to trust me for daily provision. And when somebody has a need, I want you to meet the financial need. I don't want you to pray that someone else does. I want you to. And that was so hard for him. And then came the day when the Lord asked him not to wear his hat when he left his house. Now see, you might think, well, that's not a big deal. Well, in, in England at the time in the 30s, it was customary that when a man left his house, he wore a hat. So you never left your house without your hat. His mom would always wait down at the bottom of the stairs and would dust off his hat and hand it to him and put it on his head and he'd head off to the coal mines. And so in that, the Lord says, I don't want you to wear your hat. I want you to leave it at home. Now, to understand this, this would bring humiliation to him. This would bring reproach upon him to not be wearing his hat. It would be like walking down the street and everybody's just like looking at you like, he's lost his mind. It would be like us, be like you and I going to work in our pajamas and slippers. I mean, you would get some funny looks, wouldn't you? It just wouldn't look good in your PJs, my Superman PJ, you know? I mean, it just it wouldn't look good. So, but in that, God would... God was asking him to do this because God was breaking down his need to be liked. He was breaking down wanting to be approved by man and not God. He was dealing with his inner life that won a man's approval more than God's approval. So he was bringing to death his will in wanting to have the pleasure of men more than to please God. But he finally surrendered his will, and he knew what God was after. And when God began to break down his will, he then suddenly began to flow through him in such ways, in such power, that revival began to break out in all of Wales through this man who would spend time in prayer to see souls won into the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says this, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Listen to that. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have 
from God and that you are not your own. So the question that I want to ask you today is, whose will is living in you? Whose will is living inside of you? Yours or the Holy Spirit? There cannot be two individuals living inside your body with wills. There cannot be two active wills and operations with, with two people in mind. The Holy Spirit will not share His will with your will. So what's going to happen is that one of the wills has got to surrender. Having an effective prayer life starts when one is guided by the Holy Spirit. When you are on a journey with the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit prays through you and uses you as a vessel that begins to release the power of God on earth. You're not just praying um, in fancy or just, you know, in, in just random little thoughts. You're being guided by the Holy Spirit who is using you and energizing you to give birth to the things on this earth. So it's important to remember that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit has intellect. The Holy Spirit is love. The Holy Spirit has emotions. He is one of of the Godheads of the Trinity. So he's he's a person. He's not, he's not an essence or, or he's not a feeling or he's not something that just kind of moves in the room and then moves out. He's an individual. And so two individuals with wills cannot live in the same body. So to be an effective prayer warrior for God, it's either going to be your will or the Holy Spirit's will. And this is where the line is drawn in the sand. Are you willing to lay down your will like Jesus did? He said, not my will, but your will be done. I want to share with you a quote from from the book, Reese Howe's Intercessor. And this is what the Lord spoke to Reese one day. As the Savior had a body, so I dwell in cleansed temple of the believer. As the Savior had a body, so I dwell in the cleansed temple of the believer. I am a person. This is the Holy Spirit speaking. I am God, and I have come to ask you to give your body to me that I may work through it. I need a body for my temple, but it must belong to me without reserve. For two persons with different wills can never live in the same body. Would you give me yours? But if I come in, I come in as God, as you must go. I shall not mix myself with yourself. 
Wow. To be a powerful intercessor for God means unconditional surrender of your will. The life that you live is no longer yours, it's His. Not my will, but God's will be done. You are to be a chosen vessel where the Holy Spirit intercedes through you to be a history maker. I want to see things change on earth. I want to see souls saved on earth. I want to see people healed on earth. One of my greatest prayers now is that this church will enter into revival. I want to see revival fire fall on this house. I want to see the Holy Spirit move in such power that we are prostrate on our faces before God in this house. That that God's Spirit is so moving that people will stop off I-40 and get off this exit and come to this church because there's something happening in this house. I want to see Pentecost once again. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to release a Pentecost once again upon the church. And I'm going to intercede and stand in the gap until this church is in revival. Until his people are awakened to the mighty presence of Almighty God in our midst. And we are repenting of our sin. We are surrendering our lives to him. And we are going to be vessels for his glory until he returns. Romans 8.26. Turn there with me. Romans 8.26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. This is just an incredible scripture that talks about how the Holy Spirit is with us as we pray. Verse 26, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should. Has anyone felt like that? You just don't know how to pray. You don't even know how to put into words what you should pray. But the Spirit himself does. And he intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God, not the will of man, the will of God. It is good news that the Spirit is here to help us in our weaknesses. If you're weak, as I said in the beginning, you're a good candidate to be God's intercessor because it's through your weakness that his power is perfected. So we really ought to have a a, a weakness celebration party in the house. I mean, it is okay to be weak. It is okay to not know how to pray because you have an advocate. You have the Holy Spirit. He's saying, it's okay. I got your back. I'm going to intercede through you. I'll tell you what to pray. I'll show you how to pray. 
just give it to me. So in that, we are to be vessels where his glory and his power is flowing through. Has anyone gotten to the point where you just don't know how to pray about a situation? You're just like, I don't even know how to pray. I don't know what to do. You feel like your prayers hit the ceiling? Everybody felt like their prayers hit the ceiling and they fall right back down. It's like you're not even able to get it past the ceiling. This is where the Holy Spirit takes over. This is when the power is released. It says that the Spirit prays through you with groanings that are too deep for words. That means that the Holy Spirit is identifying with the situation or the person. He's bringing identification. He's entering into the situation. He's he's feeling the heart of what's going on. He's not identifying with sin because Jesus won the victory over sin at the cross. But the Holy Spirit is entering in, and when someone's really struggling and they're depressed, if somebody is struggling with with feeling hopeless, if somebody is struggling with feeling like, I'm so fearful that I'm not going to have the means to pay for my bills, it is the Holy Spirit stepping in and identifying, and he's understanding, and he's knowing how hard the struggle is, and he's groaning for you. It's like he's, he's giving birth to something within you. He identifies. It's like a mother giving birth to a baby. She is fully identifying with the pain of that little youngster coming through her body out that small hole. I mean, she's identifying with this situation. She's like, this hurts. The pain is real. She's like, Come on, baby. And in that, she's in agony. But she's identifying with that baby. She knows what's going on with that baby when the contractions are happening. That's why prayer is not to be just some quick little five-minute, I did my duty prayer time. To be a sacrifice, to be a vessel, to be an intercessor, you need to afford time. You know, I mean, a baby's not born in five minutes. I mean, if there is, I mean, let me hear it. I, I've never heard of a mom being in labor for only five minutes and over with. It takes time to give birth to the baby. So you need to be able to give yourself, you need to give yourself a vessel You need to give yourself time for the Holy Spirit to intercede through you. There's a great book on leadership by Jocko Willink. Anybody ever heard of that book? Okay. It's called Extreme Ownership. He used to be a Navy SEAL and a commander uh, uh, in the war. And he always used to say this, you must wake up before your enemy wakes up. You must be prepared to go into battle before your enemy wakes up because you have the advantage. If you're up before he's up, you get the strategy, you'll be able to overcome him. 
So what does he do? He gets up at 4.30 in the morning. Now that's early. I'm not asking anybody to get up at 4.30 in the morning. But now he's no longer a seal. But he still wakes up early in the morning and he says, I must get up before my enemy gets up. And you know who your enemy is? Your enemy is distraction and apathy. Your, your, your enemy is procrastination. Oh, I don't want to get out of bed. Oh, this, oh, this feels so good. When I get in bed, I'm going to feel this, this bomb cyclone. Oh, you know, it's like you've got to get up early. And you've got to spend time with God so, so, that, so that the Holy Spirit can give birth through you what he's wanting to release on this earth. Some things just take time. Some things you just can't, it's not a, a quick in five minutes and you're out. You know those devotionals that, that, that you can buy at the, at the uh, bookstore that says your, your five minute quiet time. I mean, give me a break. I mean, what is that? Five minute quiet time. What do you read the Bible for three minutes and then you pray for two minutes? I mean, it's like, it just doesn't even make sense. You're not even available for God. It's like, oh, well, you know, God, I'll give you five minutes of my 24 hours, you know. I mean, come on. He's worthy of your whole day. Give him the time. God wants to bring change on this earth. He wants to birth the power of his kingdom on this earth. He wants to see souls saved on this earth. He wants to have people impacted by his love. So give him the time that he needs. And let's look at uh, Romans 8 in verse 31 in that same chapter. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Everybody say all things. All things. Who will bring, who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So some of you might wonder, okay, what is Jesus really doing right now? Since he he conquered the devil, and he conquered the grave, and he rose again, what is he up there just, you know, 
twiddling his thumbs, you know, just enjoying his victory? No. He's standing up beside the Father, and he's interceding for you this day. Jesus this day is interceding for you that you would rise up and enter into the victory that he won, enter into this victory and realize that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus our Lord. That the victory is going to continue to be won through you as you stand in faith and his power is flowing through you as his, as his mighty intercessor and the victory is going to manifest here on this earth all day long in everyone's life as they take up the challenge. So he's interceding for you. Why is he interceding for you? Because he doesn't want you to give up. He doesn't want you to throw in the towel. He doesn't want you to fall into hopelessness. He doesn't want you to fall into despair thinking that I'm not going to make it. I can't make it. I got to just give up. He's wanting you to rise up and realize he's won the victory and he's interceding that you might enter into it and realize that your greatest days are ahead. The greatest days of your life are ahead. You have the opportunity to say goodbye to yesterday. Forget about the things that lie behind and press on towards the things that lay ahead. That's a wonderful thing. Aren't you glad that you get to forget about the failures of 2017? I mean, come on. Is anybody excited about forgetting about your mistakes and failures in 2017? Today is a new day in Jesus. We get to let go of the past and press into the future. I love that we get to reset every day. So in that, we cannot give in to the devil's lives that things are over with. Well, my days are done. I'm just too old. No, you're God's mighty intercessor that the Holy Spirit's power is going to flow through and change things on this earth. So you really can't lose. Listen, you got the Holy Spirit interceding through you who's not just some little uh, cloud. It is the person of God flowing through you and interceding that God's power is released to to un, un, unveil the glory of the Lord here on this earth. So you got the inter, you got the Holy Spirit interceding through you the will of God for your life and then you have Jesus standing beside the Father and he's interceding for you that you do not give up that you keep pressing on that you see that you have the victory in Jesus and that you are overwhelmingly going to conquer the devil you're going to conquer him so you can't lose I mean it's just like the Trinity is wrapped around you and they're saying come on and you think you can't intercede when you got this powerhouse standing beside you and saying, you got it? 
You're not going to miss it. The greatest things are ahead. So I want to challenge you today. I believe the Holy Spirit is giving an invitation to people in this house to take the challenge to be God's mighty intercessor. He's given you an invitation to step up and to rise up and to realize that your greatest days are ahead. What can, imagine what God can do with the vessel that has yielded its will to God and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. You are overwhelmingly going to conquer the devil as you rise up and say, God, use me. Here am I. I want to be that man. I hope you will be that person who will say, God, use me. Amen? Amen. So let's stand. You know, if you, if your heart was stirred in any way and, and, and you, you think, you know, God, I might be weak. I might not know, really know. How, I might even know how to put, you know, my sentence structure together when I'm praying. I don't even know how to use the right words. But you know what, God? I, I'm choosing. I want to be available for you. You know, if you want to be available for God and to be a powerful intercessor, even in your own limitations and weaknesses, would you just lift your hand? If you want God to use you. Father, I ask now in the name of Jesus that your eyes now would look upon this incredible church and see those in this house that are willing to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Holy Spirit, I ask that you come upon this church in such power that it would be like the days of Pentecost. That God, your power would be so manifested in our midst that, Lord, people would be overtaken, overcome, overwhelmed, undone, because God is in the house. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come down like a mighty wind, and you would alight and land upon everyone in this room. And that you would begin to use these vessels for your glory and for your power. We ask, Lord, that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Use us, God. We ask, God, today would be the days of revival. The Lord, we will be awakened. Holy Spirit, come and move in our midst in such a way. This place is transformed. Souls are saved. Lives are changed. People are healed. Holy Spirit, have your way with our lives. We give you ourselves today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.